You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, shot time. Here we go. Three, two, one. It's time now for the BitQL Boston Podcast. Let's run the slate with your host, Mike Mutnanski. It was an ugly pick. It was an ugly game, but a good result for BetQL Boston last night. Uh, Chargers win. Broncos cover a 3-0 week. Good morning, Chris Schott. Good morning, Mud. It was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, week, way to wake up for you this morning. Uh, and uh, good job by you. Proud of you. Uh, it was a good week. Good finish. We'll try to uh, turn the page uh, as we look forward to a beautiful, beautiful uh, week seven in the NFL. And I say that sar- kind of sarcastically. Uh, we have the Bears in primetime against the Patriots. We have Saints in Arizona. We have no Bills in the schedule. We have no Eagles in the schedule. Shime, some of the star power sucked out of Week 7. But you know what? We'll find a way to pick some winners this week. I feel confident about that. Oh, I have no doubt. You and I will find a way. Okay. Uh, so that went well last night. Uh, I want to get to the MVP market in a second. Our normal Tuesday check-in on our Lamar Jackson bets uh, in the NFL. How did things go for – I know the Bruins won – how things go for the Prince of Pucks on his bets and the Bruins and the little uh, same game or the parlay you gave the people last night on the show. Yeah, so the Bruins hit the uh, the the, the uh, game total over six and a half. They ended up winning, I believe it was five to three in the game. So that uh, cashed pretty well. Uh, I got a little nervous there because it started and it was a slow start to the game, uh, but it picked up into the second period and into the third period. So I was very happy about that. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Canes won with ease over the Kraken. Five to one. Yep. The Penguins blew a two nothing lead. Ended up losing three oh. two in overtime. So that was uh, a bit devastating. But it is what it is. It happens. Some sometimes, uh, you know, it, it do be like that sometimes. So uh, we'll move on and keep going. I had the right idea. The Penguins just couldn't couldn't hold on. And it is what it is. Uh, you got another Prince of Pucks pick tonight, right? Bruins in Ottawa. Back. Yes, at it. absolutely. I. I uh, what a I'm, weird schedule. Home, go to Ottawa, then come home again later on the week. Yeah, home for uh, Anaheim on Thursday, yeah. which is going to be an awesome game. So uh, I, uh, I'm excited. I, I, to, needless to say, I love I love the NHL season. I'm uh, having a lot of fun betting it. So uh, yeah, you're going to a good start, to too. And yeah. it's not an easy sport to bet. Shime helps us through this thing. So what, where are we leaning tonight for Bruins and Sens on the back-to-back? Uh, so I'm going to go Bruins on the money line. Uh, the, it's even money, too, which is – I guess it's just because the Senators are at home. Uh, sure. But, like, the Senators are 0-2. They haven't been very good on defense. This Bruins offense is uh, electric, to say the least, right now. Uh, Swayman gets a start in net tonight. They're kind of alternating goalies. Uh, Omar was awesome last night. Um, Swayman was pretty good in his first start, too. I don't expect that to really change. So, I like the Bruins at even money against the Senators. I... I I was I was considering the Bruins sixty minute line at plus one forty, but I'd rather just take the Bruins money line, even money there. I think that's great value. So uh, give me the Bruins uh, money line tonight against the Senators. It's an easy pick, seven o'clock. You can watch that and get your uh, money bets uh, there. They're doing a bunch of profit boosts in the great state of New Hampshire. If you do bet on DraftKings, if you don't, uh, certainly there are other places uh, to bet, like our friends from FanDuel in Connecticut, Sportsbet RI, and here in Massachusetts, of course. Unless you want to bet illegally, uh, you are not betting uh, in the Bay State, unfortunately. Uh, MVP market this morning. We check in Tuesday mornings on the Lamar Jackson futures. Uh, Shaman and I are both in at about 20 or so to one. It was down to four and a half or five to one uh, in the last couple of weeks. This was not a good week, Shime, um, wow. for Lamar Jackson bets. And I give credit to uh, the You Better You Bet show afternoons in the BetQL network, which I listen to uh, for some points every single day. Uh, they made the point, and they're right, 
that Josh Allen hurdle on that run that he had, the QB keeper, like there's not really MVP a Heisman moment. And they said if there was a Heisman moment in the NFL, yep. that was it. And Allen has gone from 2-1 to one to plus 130 as a massive MVP favorite right now heading into week seven. Again, he's off this week, so there's no chance for him to, to gain or, or potentially lose any ground. Well, I guess he could gain ground if the other quarterbacks stink around him. Well, the Hurts is also off the schedule this week. Um, really, really strong showing by him to go on the road, beat Kansas City, outplay Mahomes. We knew this was a potential outcome after week six that one of these two, Allen or Mahomes, would be in the driver's seat, and I think the market has it right. Allen at 130 feels right, and he feels like the prohibitive favorite right now to win the MVP. Yeah, Josh Allen is clearly the absolute favorite to win the MVP. You would have to, at this point, he almost has to get injured or the Bills have to completely fall apart for him to like lose this, I think. He is just, he has been otherworldly. He's the best quarterback in football. Uh, he beats the Chiefs, and uh, he looks good doing it, too. I mean, I think he became the second quarterback in NFL history, along with Drew Brees, to face a single team three times and have over 300 yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, Josh Allen has been unbelievable. He's just – he's the best – in he's the, he is the best in football. It's that simple. I agree. And, uh, I agree. and at this rate, I, I have no doubt. It was, it was the one person that I felt like really could beat Lamar Jackson after the start to the season. I was like, it's really just Josh Allen. That's all we have to worry about. And, unfortunately, uh, Josh Allen will probably end up winning the MVP. It should have been a really good spot uh, for Lamar, but uh, obviously the Bateman injury affected him. He was great with Mark Andrews uh, in that spot, but that pick that he threw, everybody saw there on Sunday afternoon. That's going to hurt him. He'd have to do something pretty spectacular here. And like you said, Josh Allen have to fall down, have to lose some games. They have a two-game lead plus the tiebreaker now on Kansas City, so Buffalo is likely to be the number one seed. That's also helping Jalen Hurts, who has leap, leapfrogged here to the second spot. He's four and a half to one in the MVP uh, conversation because his team doesn't lose, yeah. Shime. And that narrative thing of your quarterback doesn't lose, we're seeing with the Patriots. Like, Zappy doesn't lose. People love him. Like, Jalen Hurts doesn't lose. So he's getting buzzed there. He's four and a half to one. Mahomes five to one. Lamar down to eight and a half to one. He's got some primetime games coming up. He's got a Bucks game in primetime that could help him out. But uh, I think the market has this right. And these are the only four guys under 16 to 1. You have to go all the way down to Herbert at 16 to 1. It feels like the market's condensed on these four guys, four quarterbacks on good teams, all stars. Feels like these four in some sort of jockeying position for the next, uh, you know, uh, two thirds of a season in the NFL. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what it's going to be at this point. Um, I guess Jalen Hurts could still compete with Josh Allen this year. I don't think it'll happen. But I mean, if Philly's talking, you know, if you're talking 17 and 0 with Philly, then it, it becomes realistic. Outside of that, I just think Josh Allen's going to beat down on Jalen Hurts. But this is the future, and this is kind of that next generation of quarterback. Uh, and it's it's exciting though. Like it's it's really exciting to see the future in front of you uh, with Allen, Hurts, Mahomes, Lamar, all what under 27 or 28. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are right behind them. Like six legitimately star-studded quarterbacks uh, is is really good for the future of the NFL. As far as the Patriots go, again, you have an extra day to prepare. They don't play until Monday, but the market already reacting to, I guess, the the idea that Mac Jones might play. Shime, it was 7.5 yesterday. It is 8.5 across the board today. Um, and, and the money and bets are coming in hard in the Patriots. Uh, 77% of the bets, 84% of the money has come in on the Patriots. Uh, I, I think that the, certainly the market's recognizing that they're on a little bit of a roll. 
Bears are struggling. Mac Jones might come back. We mentioned yesterday that if, they, if that started to get out there, the line would go in the Patriots' uh, favor in terms of uh, more of a favoritism, and that happened to the tune to half a point, and that's without any sort of practice or anything. So uh, I, I think there's potential that this thing gets to eight and a half. Uh, and would not would not be shocked as the week goes on here, Shime, as people recognize they can bet this game, they can tease this game down under. Uh, right now you can still tease down under three points. Yep. Um, get the Patriots basically winning by a field goal, and you can cover this thing. Um, uh, you, you, this, this, I didn't think it yesterday, but now that I look at it at half a point already, we might be looking at a game that gets a double digits by the time we get to Monday night. I didn't really? think that think yesterday. So? Yeah. I, I think people are going to start to, especially with the max stuff, if he ends up being cleared and you get that word before you get to the weekend, a big home favorite Monday night football, terrible uh, bears offense. I'm not saying it's the play. But I, I could see it getting to that it's point. It's really hard to have a double-digit favorite when the total is 40 points or less. That just feels crazy to me. That It's just it's such a weird spot because the total's so low, and then you're telling me that, that, that a team's going to win by double digits. It's just it's, it, it, it could happen. I, I don't necessarily believe that it will. Um, I don't think it gets much higher than 8.5. Um, but, I mean, eh, who knows at this point. Yeah, I I just look at the you look at the board this week. I mean, they they are I think either the the biggest or second biggest favorite outside of the Bucks, and I can just see everybody wanting to include them as one of their three team teaser pieces. Like you get it yeah, down under that's... three. Like that's that, that I and that moves the market. I, I'm not saying again, not saying it's right. I'm not thinking about, about I'm out rushing the window to bet the the Bears or bet the Patriots laying nine and a half or ten by the time we get to Monday. But as I looked at the board today, it's like, well, who else do people want to you know, include? They want to, they want to get the Bucks, okay? They get the Bucks down to four. Uh, they can play the Packers, get the Packers to getting a half a point. And they want to get the Patriots down to two. They can still do that. And that usually tends to more money being bet on the game, that line being moved. So, plus the Mac news, like, I just, I, I'm not saying it's, I, I'm just saying I didn't think it yesterday, but I think it's in the range of outcomes today. This thing could get to a pretty massive number by the time we're texting on Monday night there at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, that's fair enough. I uh, I just I don't think Mac moves the line that much. I, I don't think he's worth it, to be fair. But, you um, you I agree, you don't, and a lot of people around here don't, but you the narrative nationally will be, oh, backup quarterback's out, starting quarterback is back. Like that's just how fair, it works. Yeah, fair enough. I mean um, we're we're dumb. What happens to other markets, we do the same exact thing. Like, true. oh so I just something to keep an eye on. Uh, if you got it seven and a half yesterday, you had the best number. It is eight and forty right now. We'll have plenty of time to break this down this game, including during the game on the BetQL app. Myself and Child will be uh, chatting in their chat function uh, during the game. They've been doing this with these primetime games with hosts in different markets. Uh, Shine will be uh, Shine and I'll be chatting away on Monday night. So what you have to do is download the free BetQL app at the App Store, where you get all your apps, uh, depending on what kind of device you have. And then as we get closer to Monday, Shime, because I will admit I don't actually know where it'll be in there. I think there's a chat thing that just pops up when you log in. Yep. Um, I think it's very easy. If we can do it, honestly, anyone can do it. <laughs> but you have to download it before Monday, and you can have your phone up. You can chat away if you're in a uh, state where they allow uh, live betting. We'll have some live bet ideas, Shime. Looking forward to that Monday for Patriots and Bears. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. Uh, you know, me and you may not be able to live bet from our couches, but uh, for those of uh, for those of them, uh, the people out there that are watching that can live bet from their couches with us, uh, we will have all of the live bet ideas uh, right there for you, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I plan on being uh, hopefully in a state that uh, – allows that we're going to try oh. to figure that out for for monday it doesn't okay. make sense to sit on my couch and pretend so we, i will go to work work through some things certainly for halftime uh in that game there'll be some second half bets we can make i am 
sure on that game. Uh, meanwhile, we have a Celtics opener tonight. Celtics and Sixers. I have a thought on this game in the season, but I want to bring in our buddy Nick Fryer. Uh, formerly worked with us at WEI. Now he's full-time at DraftKings. Let's talk to Nick Fryer, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, you hear him laughing, as promised. He is Nick Fryer, formerly our co-host here, uh, co-host, co-worker at WEI and WEI.com. He's gone big time. And no surprise that uh, pitcher Nick, as Rob Bradford referred to him back in the day, full-time at uh, the good friends at DraftKings, now resident of the great state of New Hampshire to live free or die. And right before he came on, great moment. Oh, just a great <laughs> – made my, made my day where Fryer goes – Am I just talking to Mutt or is Shime involved? He has no idea, Shime, you're a co-host on this podcast. No, no I, just got, I just got big timed by Nick Fryer, mister. I had a 435 <laughs> batting average against in college or something. So, <laughs> oh, my great goodness. Start. But you know what? That's what you get. That's what you get. You know, I, was gonna, I felt bad for a second because I go, maybe Shime's just not doing it the way you guys are talking. I don't know. But, no, yeah, that's what you get for being a dink. <laughs> Uh, congratulations, by the way, Nick. Uh, we're proud that uh, you've ma- made the big move to uh, DraftKings. You and Emerson Lazia taking over the world, my friend. It's been uh, yeah, it's been fun. We got uh, we got all that good stuff going on over there. A little you know, Emerson, something else. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm happy that I get a little sanity with you too. Uh, we'll try to. Uh, we're here to talk Celtics big picture, and since we have you for Celtics opening night, a thought on tonight's game against the Sixers. We'll start with the big picture stuff. Uh, I I was on. Uh, the Celtics under, I just felt like they opened that, that line way too high. I figured that even before the EMA stuff, Nick, they try to manage some minutes. They would try to sort of pace things out, and the goal would not be, hey, win 60 games. I've since gone back in on the under, a little bit lower. I think I got a 55.5 in the offseason, and under 54 uh, when the news broke uh, with uh, Joe Mazzula taking over with EMA out. Your overall assessment of where they open that line, and if you had to pick one right now, or maybe you've already invested in it, uh, over, under on a Celtics win total and their outlook for this uh, upcoming season. So right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, it's at 53.5. So you got a great number. For everybody who moved on that number, I'm with Mutt on that 100%. I'm still with it at under 53.5. Look, 53-win season is still a very good season. You look at what they did last year, right, 51-31. and 31. The Heat obviously led the, you know, led the whole race, 53-29. and 29. They have to only lose 28 games for them to, to, to go and get the over on this number. As much as I love the addition of Malcolm Brogdon, and I think there's a way you can invest in him on DraftKings Sportsbook this season to back him, I don't see the, like, the, the crazy runs that we got last year, both the good and the bad. I just don't see that happening. This team kind of has figured it out a little bit, and like you said, Mutt, they've been there, so now they're going to know how to manage things a little bit better. They're not going to have to go and make these hard pushes. As much as the, you know they may want to be the two-seed or the three-seed this year or whatever, I'm sure they don't care about that as much mm-hmm. this year because they've proven themselves. They just need to get over that last hump. Um, but I, I don't see 54 wins in the cards. I just think that's too tough, especially with the Nets also kind of coming back into the mix too with everybody seemingly healthy and seemingly somewhat drama-free. And I just want to stop on one point because I, I want to make this clear. People are going to hear this right, and think, oh, you think the Celtics are bad this year. I think Nick and I are saying the same thing. They can have a very good year and be very much in contention to win not only the Eastern Conference but an NBA championship and not win 54 more games. We, we agree on 100%. that, Nick? Okay. 100%. I, I think when you look at the, the, the 
the futures for who's going to win it. I think the Clippers, last I checked, were still the fav- favorites. I still think the Celtics are a worthwhile investment there. I also think the Nets are too. But like, I think the Celtics are one of the better plays still there because they added. They basically you have. You know, I know you're down Time Lord right now, but you added Malcolm Brogdon to a championship caliber team, and I think he's an absolute stud as a sixth man. So yeah, of course you can still win 50 games and go under this number and then win the title. I don't see that being a, a – it shouldn't be controversial, but whatever. So you mentioned Time Lord being out here for a while. How do you expect the Celtics to at least start the season here? Do you expect a fast start or a slow start knowing that they're going to go small, uh, you know, 90% of the time here? Yeah, I think it's – I don't – this is kind of my larger point. Like, I don't expect there to be these crazy highs and these crazy lows with this team throughout the course of the season. I mean, they they have gone the distance. They have a – they, they always talk about how they have, like, we've been here before and all these different things. Like, now they really have been there before. Like, they've been the entire way. Obviously, they couldn't finish it off. I don't expect them to go and be as volatile as they have in the past. Time Lord is a huge loss. Obviously, he's protecting you in the paint and everything. And your replacement for that right now is Blake Griffin, which, I look, it could end up working out better than it did for the Nets. But Blake Griffin is not the guy that was jumping over key as a few years ago. Um, so I don't have many – I don't have – Great expectations for him, but still, you add Brogdon to the mix. You have a guy in, in Joe Mazzulla who's familiar with what Ime was doing, has been around for a while, um, has great familiarity with these guys, and I think is going to do well in this role. I think it's just we're going to see. Like, I'm not saying they're going to be bad. I'm not, it's kind of a lukewarm take, honestly, Shine. But I just think that they're going to be composed and work through this period without time lord and come out on the end of it like still in a in good standing in the Eastern Conference. Now, the Gallinari injury obviously has an impact, but Brogdon is going to play, even as a six-man, like you said, Nick, he's going to play. You you mentioned sort of offhand there's ways to invest uh, in Brogdon. Are there season-long player props or Celtic stuff oriented that uh, you've been talking about or you're already uh, invested in there at DK? Malcolm Brogdon is, last I checked, uh, plus 1,100 to be the sixth man of the year. He was in like the top five, top six, somewhere in that conversation. I think Hero's the favorite right now. I know Norm Powell's up there as well and Jordan Poole, although Poole, if he gets smacked in the face one more time, he might not uh, make it through the season. (laughs) But Malcolm Brogdon is, I was, when they added him, and then I was like, when that news broke, I was like, okay, so who'd you give up? It must have been smart. And then it was Daniel Tice. I was like, wait, wait. How? How did the, the Pacers sign off on this ridiculousness? For the Celtics, I mean, that's huge. And I am such a believer in having that stud six man for your team. I mean, I know before my time, when you look at the Celtics of old with McHale and how he did that, and then obviously Bill Walton, I mean, you can still be a Hall of Fame team player and come off the bench. As much as everybody's like, oh, I want to start, I want to start. I get some of it. Like, you know, maybe it's hard to be an all-star or whatever. But I think when you look at what Brogdon can do now, he's going to be able to make such a huge impact coming off the bench where Smart's still going to be running the show. Brogdon can also help on the defensive end. I think he gives you a ton of versatility. He'll be there at the end of the game, too, in those in those closing lineups. I just think this guy, you know, his, his season-long numbers I think are going to but you know, be strong throughout the course of the year. But his impact, man, is going to be huge. This is going to be a good team. So I, I love him for six man of the year. So Shime, I got, I got to follow up on one. Go for like, it. So how does he? So, and just paint me the picture how he beats Jordan Poole. Like that, that's my issue. Uh, I, I want to bet on Brogdon, but Jordan hmm. Poole just got this contract. They're going to feature him in Golden State. Like if he goes to the the starting lineup, like does he get taken out that's, of consideration? Because he seems like a really significant favorite to win this thing. 
those two are um, that is that is definitely the detractor for both of them because if you do if you look at the Celtics, yeah. and Malcolm Brogdon is probably going to be that guy who gets thrown into the mix in for the for the starting lineup if somebody gets hurt for, throughout the course of the season. Same deal with um, with Poole. My big counterpoint to Poole though is what's going to hurt him most. I think is going to be Clay Thompson. I'm very bullish on Clay coming into the year. I mean, this is the first time this decade that he's getting to start the regular season healthy. Um, so it to me, I think we're like. Poole is going to have to make some adjustments, too, because you still have Wiggins, who's a huge part of the mix. And, look, as much as the Celtics, like they've, they've had their own messes off the court and everything, the Warriors have, too. And I don't. Tr- and it's a little bit different to me where, like, okay, you took the Celtics problem and you pretty much you took that problem and plucked it out of the equation, at least for now. Then you look at the, the, the Warriors. I don't know. I don't trust Draymond. Like, I, I, as much as – you know, he's done a lot, and he's a winner and everything like that, and a guy you want on your team. I don't trust that there's not going to be continued issues with this team. I know Kevin Durant's a diva, but, I mean, look at what happened in that situation. So I, I think you have a lot of factors there that go against Poole, um, where I'd rather go down a little bit and get, a, get some better odds at a guy who I think is a really, really good player in this league. So, Friar, do you think it's worth uh, anybody's time at all to take a look at the MVP race? You look at Jason Tatum, 14-1. to 1. Eddie House said yesterday that he thinks Jalen Brown could be a top-five finisher for the MVP. He's 140-1. to 1. Is there any value in like either of these guys if you're looking at an MVP bet? Man, I love Eddie House, and I wish Eddie, we could turn back the clock and have Eddie House on the floor for the Celtics night in and night out because he was so good off the bench. But good Lord, I thought he was a good analyst, but I, I missed that. He thinks that Jalen Brown's going to be top five in the, in the MVP, MVP race. MVP yep. Oh, my goodness. No way. The only guy you do that with is Jason Tatum. I still think that is a pretty significant reach. Um, I think, you know, who, did, who was I looking at? Oh, Embiid's the guy that I'm on right now. Um, look, I know that James Harden, you know, can go and throw things off, but I think having that second star is going to help stabilize him throughout the course of the season, especially a guy who I think knows his role is still going to be more passive like Simmons, but not going to get in the way like Simmons did for Embiid previously. But, no, like, like I think Tatum could still be, you know, first team All-NBA possibly, second team, like he's going to be in that mix. I do think it's going to be clapback season for Jalen Brown. I do firmly believe that. I think his points prop for um, opening night is interesting. It was at 22-and-a-half last I checked. I do think the over on that is worthwhile. But, um, no, MVP, good Lord, Eddie, come on. Yeah, it's it's a weird MVP year, at least for me, because I, I think the favorites are really mm-hmm. likely. You mentioned Luca is like just over four to one. Giannis right. is six to one. Embiid six and a half to one. If he stays healthy, I'm with you. He'd be in that mix. Durant, his clapback season there in Brooklyn. If they go on it, even there, if they're for him to win, there's no way Jokic is going to win again. He's a freak. Just take him out of the mix. He's like he no pays way. for the juice here on this. He's not going to win it again at nine to one. I don't think Steph Curry at twelve to one. And then Tatum. Like Tatum, John Morant, uh, sort of in that 14-15 mix. I'm with you. I'd be leaning towards one of the guys up there, and Embiid at six to one uh, is really interesting. Uh, any any lean? You mentioned Missoula. Like as a from a as a as a coach, is he willing to sort of get out of the way and give Tatum the ball? Because I do wonder if there's a chance that Tatum's in the scoring chase this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for, not for the MVP, but is is Missoula? Do we know Fryer? Is he more of a guy like hey? We're going to let you sort of be our guy. And Jalen Brown, yes, you're very good, but it's not a 1-1-A. One one it's a legit 1-2, and two, and Tatum's going to be our guy close, close, potentially scoring close to 30 points per game. 
you know, that's an interesting point, Mutt, because I, I, on the one hand, I could make the case where, yeah, I, I think Jason Tatum's going to come out. As much as clapback season for, for Jalen Brown, I do think Jason Tatum's coming off. Obviously, he's coming off a frustrating end of his year, and he's going to want to show everybody, like, hey, it's not a fluke that we got there. I am still very much, you know, the all-NBA talent that I, that I said I was and that I got voted to be by the end of the year. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not, you know, James Harden and can't do it in the postseason. But at the same time, I think that there's also you, you've added a level of maturity now. I would one would think after getting that far in the postseason, getting to the promised land, and just missing out, where you'd see the development over the course of the season as being a little more promising. I'm not going to say that that wouldn't be a worthwhile bet, but I'm definitely not going to be leaning towards the Celtics um, to, to winning the scoring title this year. What I thought you were actually going to go with was Coach of the Year because I do think Missoula is an interesting uh, case there because he's mm. fourth in the odds right now at plus 1,200, at least last I checked. Um, I know it was the Taylor Jenkins and Chris Finch, I believe, were uh, the favorites. Oh, he's he's the third now. Yeah, he's third behind Jenkins and Finch. Okay. Yeah. That's All interesting. Right. So, so there you there, go. Again, the the idea, Nick, David, like narrative first year coach, they do win fifty plus games, second Eastern Conference, and the narrative is, wow, what a job by Missoula thrown into it. They still were good. He's the coach of the year. Huh. Hundred percent. Yeah. Because he yeah, it, it comes in with all this mess and everybody's doubting them at the beginning of the year. You have the people who say they were good already, inherited a good team, but this could easily go sideways. And there are gonna yeah. be people who think that. If they if, so if they do come back and win fifty games again, even you know, even if it's like forty eight, that he could still be in that conversation. Uh how about tonight? This thing opened at four, it's down to two and a half, and boy, the money has come in. Uh, in this morning, Nick, on the, uh, the Sixers. A, 69, 69% of the bets and 84% of the money is on the Sixers plus the points, which is why we've gone from four down to uh, two and a half Celtics home favorite tonight to open the season. Paul Pierce uh, Instagramming out pictures. He'll be in the building. Any lean on the game, uh, the spread tonight, or the total for Sixers and Celtics opening night? The total is where I'm, I'm looking at right now. Um, I've been looking at those numbers because some stuff really jumped out to me. So right now, as, as I'm looking, I believe it's at 216.5, which I think is the highest that this total has gotten so far. Um, I think it opened up like months back at like 213.5, but it was really around that 214 range, and that's where it was yesterday. Um, and the, and the, you talk about the movement, Mike. I've been blown away by this. So it's getting 65% of the bets for the over. But then when you wow. look at the um, when you look at the handle, okay, while the under is getting only thirty five percent of the bets, forty six percent of the handle is going towards the under. So I love that, and I love the so the, the sharps are in on this one right now. And the way this has been trending, you would have it, it was going down for so long, even though fewer uh, fewer bets were going towards the under. We just saw this spike recently, so I, I think that's a little surprising. Um, you know, the, we, when I see that kind of movement jump out, I'm thinking, okay, we're, like the sharps are, are on this side of it. We see the, the percentage growing and everything too, even when the number was so far down at two fifteen, going towards the under. I'm all in on the the under tonight. That is my favorite play, and I think you know now you get it two sixteen and a half. I mean that that, that I think that's the best number you're going to get. You mentioned you're in on Jalen Brown's uh, player scoring prop tonight. Is there any other player props in particular uh, that you love in this game? No, he was really the only one I do. I will say though, I find it interesting that Jason Tatum was at um, was only at twenty three and a half. I mean, we saw him. You know, we talk about. Scoring tiles. We saw him lighten it up left and right last year. Again, I mean, I like the under in this one, so you're not going to see all the stars necessarily go and, and show up. Um, I would have been looking for some Brogdon numbers, but we're not getting anything there on DraftKings Sportsbook. But no, I like Brown. Um, I, again, I think this is a chance for him to respond. Um, he's been, you know, the last time we saw this guy 
uh, have you know, somewhat of a frustrating end or a frustrating season. We saw him bounce back really strong and, and take that next step. I think he's going to do that this year, and I think that starts tonight against the Sixers. Any other NBA bets you want to hand out to the people that you've talked about on DK that you think are, are things you've already played or you know you're going to play here before uh, tip-off tonight, Nick? Um, well, I, I mean, I, I, I know that a lot of the plays that I'm talking about are very Celtics-heavy, and I don't like doing that, generally speaking. Um, sure. But if there is one other play that's not Celtics-related, I think yeah. when you look at the NBA Rookie of the Year, you have like a, a it, that's obviously a complicated conversation um, just because guys can get hurt. But then the, you also have to, anytime it's awards, you have to take into account um, you know, the voting, right? We have to see who, how are the people going to feel about it, how is the media going to feel about certain guys, um, and how much are they going to pay attention to those guys for the course of the year. So Paulo Benchero is the, was the favorite last I checked at plus 200 to go and win it. He's huge in Orlando. Favorite. He's going to – Huge favorite. What? what? Yeah, huge favorite. huge favorite. favorite. Plus 180, yeah. Plus 180 now. Jeez. Yeah. So I, I understand that one. He's going to get the minutes. He's going to get opportunities. At the same time, I, I think that you're in Orlando and people are going to he, he become irrelevant very easily. People just – and just why is anybody going to be looking at them throughout the course of the year? So I think Jaden Ivey – is an interesting case in Detroit. Again, last I checked, it was plus 450. Correct me if the odds have changed on draft. Much, much, much higher, plus 850 right now. Plus 850 on Jaden Ivey? Yes. Wow. That, uh, well, so, I mean, look, I think look, the kid's a bucket, and this, uh, the, I may be a little more bullish on, than most on the Pistons. I'm not going to go and say they're studs right now. This is a bona fide playoff team. But they're a young team that's on the rise. They have quite a bit of talent. They got some momentum last year when Cade Cunningham got into the mix. Sadiq Bey, I think, took some huge strides last year. And I think if they go, if they're going to contend for a playoff spot, which I do think they can contend for it, Jaden Ivey's going to be part of that. And he's going to score points. So I think when you, when you look at the, the mix here, he's one of those guys where, you know, the bottom of the barrel at Eastern Conference, or the, the bottom of the playoff teams, I should say, um, it gets up for grabs. And I think he can play a part in that and then steal some votes. Uh, excellent stuff, Nick. I'm glad you joined me here on my podcast. I'm the solo host of this podcast. No one else is here. I'm glad you joined me on my podcast. Uh, look forward to all your NBA bets. So what's, what's your content schedule going to be? I know you hopped on a bunch of streams last year. Like where can people find you, uh, during the year, during the NBA season, Nick? Well, uh, the the sweat streams uh, every weekday at eleven, which I know that is also the same time as uh, Gresham Keith, my guys over there. The, 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 I, you know, I wish I'm, I miss you over on that show. I, as much as uh, I joke, I miss you being on that show. Um, oh, I appreciate nice. you, Nick. But I, I, we are uh, we're always eleven to twelve on the week on weekdays, and then as far as writing, there's a lot in flux right now. Um, so I will be doing best bets throughout the course of the season. So um, nice. you can follow me at Nick underscore Fryer on Twitter for all that stuff, and uh, that'll be easy for you to get there when it's available. Awesome stuff. Uh, Shime, anything for the guy who didn't know you were the co-host on the show, buddy? <laughs> no, Fryer, I'm glad we had John, bud. I uh, missed talking to you, so I was glad we were able to get some Celtics in before the season started here. Uh, make sure to check out Fryer anywhere you can find them. Nick, good stuff, buddy. We'll watch on the sweat here in a little bit, and uh, we'll talk during the season. Thank you for hopping on for a few. Thanks, guys. See you. There he is, Nick Fryer from DraftKings, DK Nation, joining me on my podcast, the <laughs> Mike Manansky Mike Manansky Gambling Show, featuring oh, Mike Manansky only. Wow, what a shot! <laughs> for, first, the higher ups don't know you're the co-host of a football podcast, and nothing. <laughs> hey, man, just out here, you know, I'm just out here grinding, doing the thing. Fryer's good, man. He's Fryer's into it. He's tweeting a lot now at Nick underscore Fryer, and uh, he's smart. I could have some baseball stuff, too. 
but I want to focus uh, on the NBA. He covers the baseball stuff as well. For our friends uh, at DK, we'll get uh, the ALS, ALDS wraps up today with the, the Yankees and Guardians. Uh, NLCS Game 1, and then we'll have both games. Let's do a doubleheader tomorrow, ALCS uh, Game 1 and NLCS Game 2. Uh, anything else to people, uh, Chris Scheim, on this uh, Tuesday as we uh, close in on uh, more baseball playoffs, your hockey bets tonight, NBA kicks off. Good time. Good time to be involved, buddy. Let's it, go. This is the perfect time to be gambling. Uh, I we, we flew by it, so I didn't get to hand it out. I did have oh. one other um, superfluous uh, NHL bet for tonight. A little parlay for you again. Oilers and uh, Predators tonight. Put those two together, plus 130. You're welcome. Was it Oilers and Predators? Yep, Oilers and Predators straight up on the money line, baby. Nothing nothing crazy, nothing, nothing difficult. Just on the money line, plus 130 on the parlay. Subscribe, rate, and review where you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. And download the BetQL app. Not only great gambling information there, sports betting information, but, 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 Shyam and I will be chatting during Bears and Patriots six days from now. Uh, Shyam, enjoy your Tuesday. We'll have plenty to talk about uh, tomorrow morning as we get closer and closer to uh, Patriots Bears. We'll talk to them, buddy. Thank you. Can't wait. Talk to you tomorrow.